Hello friends, welcome back to another episode of Thinking About Food. Now, today's episode is slightly different from uh, the previous three, um, because on this episode we have a special guest. Um, we've been talking about this for a while, finally we actually have someone here. Um, so who we have today in the studio is uh, my good friend Greg Catlin, who also is a paramedic, which is pretty cool. So. Nice, nice for you to be here, Greg. Hello, Joe. How do you do? This is great. This is amazing. I mean, you know, it's cool that you're my friend and we're doing a para- um, doing a paramedic, doing a um, podcast together. Uh, but not only that, you're a paramedic and I'm a chef, and it's kind of cool. You know, I don't think I've ever heard of those two jobs being on the same show. It's kind of weird. So um, yeah, I think you know we'll just have a little chat. We'll sort of pick your brain. Hopefully, we'll find some things out about what you do um, and how that kind of relates back to food. Um, and yeah, we'll go from there. So. Um, you know, not only are you a paramedic, but you're also a pretty avid chef. You enjoy food. Um, you know, sort of how how did you come about into you know cooking and things like that? Uh, always been a big fan of food and cooking. Uh, my mum taught me how to cook from a very young age. Mm-hmm. Um, and then prior to being a paramedic, um, I worked with yourself in a kitchen. Indeed. Um, and uh, so we obviously the rest we... of my craft from there. Absolutely. I mean, you know, we obviously knew each other before that, way before that, but we kind of, I think our friendship flourished a bit when you started working in the kitchen with me. Absolutely. Um, and uh, we, we had a lot of fun, maybe a bit too much fun, but we won't talk about that. Um, but yeah, you know, I think that's, you know, you, you discovered that you really like food and, you know, we've enjoyed each other's company, going around each other's houses, cooking dinner together and, and things like that. So, you know, which has been great. But, um, you know, what I'm interested in more is uh, food uh, related to your job. Um, and uh, specifically, um, when we talk about what you call meal breaks, or what I would just call a break. I don't know why paramedics call it a meal break. It's a bit weird. But, we, you know, we know it's a meal break. Um, but, uh, you know, and talk about lunches and things like that. So how, you know, obviously your, um, you know, your shift patterns are just a bit crazy and a bit different, you know way more so than mine you know you're you're working nights days evenings etc so you know it must make it really difficult to you know find time to eat um you know how do you find that so absolutely um eating in the ambulance service is uh, an absolute chore um it's something that we all are very guilty of having very poor diets mm-hmm. um our meal break as we call it um it's our only break in our shift that is um, officially noted as a break. It starts three and a half hours into our 10 hour shift. Um, so if you start at six o'clock in the morning, you could be having your meal break at uh, half past nine and that will end at obviously 10 o'clock, been 30 minutes. Uh, and then you won't get another break until after you finish. So that's just, you just have that one break in, in your 10 one, hour shift. One singular break, that's it. In, wow. the, in the trust that I work for. Yeah. So it can be a challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a, a vast range of shifts. Um, we have early shifts that start seven or eight, uh, sorry, six or seven in the morning. Um, and they're all 10 hour shifts that we do and shifts that start at eight o'clock at night and finish at six o'clock in the morning. Um, and then a, a range of later shifts during the day. So your sort of earlier shifts, you generally um, eat a breakfast style um, meal for your meal break. Yeah. Um, your later shifts are you know your average snacking and lunches um and your late uh night shifts um you kind of eat uh, a bit of a bigger meal but there become the challenges 
I mean, you must find, I mean, I guess in, you know, because of the work that you do, you know, obviously you get called out to jobs all the time. Does your lunch break get interrupted? Like, does it get moved and things like that? So as we work a 10-hour shift, um, we're actually only paid for nine and a half hours of it. So we can book our shift and we can decide whether we are going to be available or unavailable. Um, as most people in every industry, when they're on their break, they're on their break. Yeah. And that's it. Um, so <laughs> a lot of people have the opinion that, no, I'm on my break and I'm unavailable. Um, I myself, it depends if we have um, a limited uh, resource um, in the area we work. Of course. Some of us decide to um, book our breaks unavailable. Uh, sorry, available, as opposed to being unavailable. Um, we also have um, some perks around if you miss your meal break outside the window, um, we, we get a £10 bonus. Um, sometimes we might have to take our meal break on a completely separate station okay. or at a hospital um, or just anywhere where you are. So your meal break then becomes 45 minutes oh, okay. um, and you have sort of extra 15 minutes where you can go and find yourself some food and then find somewhere to have it. Um, the challenges that are around that, myself, I like to bring um, something for my meal break every day, yeah. whether it's uh, beans on toast for breakfast, which is, you know, an easy staple. <laughs> of course, um, of course. Or it's something that I've made. Um, often it's the meal from the night before. Um, and, uh, you know, we're all guilty of filling up with our um, diesel or, you know, filling up fuel. Um, going into the supermarket or uh, into of course, the yes. uh, petrol station, and then you buy that sort of oh, absolutely, know, yeah, crap fast food um, that we're all oh yeah, and I can imagine to. you know you know you've been at work for such a you know a long shift that you know can often be busy and, and stressful and, and whatnot. You know, it, it's easy for you to eat probably more than you sometimes normally do. Well, maybe not. I don't yeah, know, but on on incredibly busy days. Um, it's sometimes apparent that you don't get your meal break until the last few hours. Mm. Um, often on a night shift, you can start at eight o'clock and as soon as you've, you've hit the numbers on the screen and you've logged on, um, they could give you a job that, you know, is, is potentially been waiting for some time. Um, which means that if one job's waiting for some time, there's lots of other incidences that have been waiting for a period of time and us getting a meal break just isn't an important thing. It's, no, it's something that needs to be put off and needs to be waited for. Um, I mean, it's funny because you know, you know, I hundred percent agree. You know, obviously, you're you're saving people's lives. You know, is 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 a lot of what your job is about. So you know, that kind of a lot of the time, that's going to come in more importance um, than to you having a lunch break or a meal break. Um, but the ironic thing about that is that you know, one big problem with people these days is they don't have, they don't have regular eating patterns and that can really affect your, um, your weight and affect your health. Um, I just find that very strange, you know, that uh, these people that are going around saving people's lives that just don't look after themselves. Of course. Um, yeah. In the ambulance service, if when you start at a young age and you're very young and youthful and you come in and you're skinny and athletic um you know it doesn't take long until you've realized that you've put on a few pounds and you're not as fit as you used to for sure um 
And it is very hard to try and eat at regular intervals throughout the day, um, especially when you've got such a range of shifts, um, starting on a, an early shift um, and then finishing five days later on a night shift can be quite a challenge because your body clock doesn't allow you to um, take in that nutrition that you need. Of course. So you can sometimes start a night shift at eight o'clock at night um, and you've you turned up to work having had potentially a large meal, um, but you woke up several hours before that uh, and you're going straight into an evening heavy meal or yeah, yeah, of course. a Sunday roast if, if that's what's... Um, if that's what's going on. So, yeah, you, you're quite right. Um, there are some sort of tricks around, you know, how to do that. Um, preparation um, is a is a really big... Um, yes, absolutely, yeah. You know, play on that. Um, and in addition, having a plan of what you're going to eat, um, knowing I've got all of this food, spreading it out throughout the day. So potentially um, you might only eat a proportion of your meal in your 30-minute meal break. Mm-hmm. Um, I myself take two apples with me to work near on every day. Um, it's a bit of a running joke with everybody I work with. That <laughs> I'm forever eating apples. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's fine though. But that's a good thing. With me, I've, I've, I take apples because if I'm having a long drive going to the hospital or a long drive going to a patient's house, um, driving's boring and everyone's guilty of eating in the car. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, if you can eat something quite healthy, you know, it's nutritious. You know what they say about an apple a day, keeping the doctor away. Um, <laughs> and in you probably see that, them quite often. <laughs> yeah, indeed, indeed. Um, but it's, it's all about trying to maintain a, a balanced, healthy lifestyle, which isn't impossible, but it's, it's like difficult. everyone, it's a challenge. Of course it's a challenge. Um, everyone would do it if it was easy. Uh, yeah, know, that's precisely. the case. Um yeah, I know I was sort of going to touch on that was, uh, you know, what kind of foods are good to eat? Like, you know, you just said, obviously, you know, healthy things like taking fruit and stuff like that. Um, you know, is it is there anything else that's important to eat? You know, for instance, like carbohydrates and stuff like that to keep your energy levels high. You know, I guess you're, you know, quite often you can be on your feet a lot. I don't know. Um, absolutely. Um, we all, uh, we can all go from doing absolutely nothing to doing you know, absolutely everything in a very short period of time. Um, And everybody's seen sort of or understands and knows what CPR is. It's um, it's a very high um, energy demanding thing to do. Um, Supposedly, you have to change around every two minutes, but sometimes you can end up doing that for a longer period of time. So you need to be healthy and you need to be quite fit to be able to do that. But even in addition, you need to be having energy that's going to last you your 10 or up to 12 hours in your shift or if you're working a 12 hour shift up to 14 hours mm-hmm. um, and that's because you you can't be driving around um, and been tired and fatigued and just running out of energy Absolutely, yeah um, and that's where the sort of the real dangers come into it yeah no oh, for sure yeah I, you know and especially like saying you know at certain times of the day you know in the middle of the night three o'clock in the morning whatever you know it, Traditionally, everybody's energy levels are going to be lower, no matter what you work or what you do. Um, that's generally when everyone is at a low point. So, you know, it's yeah, that's they're, they're sort of half past one till around about half past four in the morning. That's right. Yeah. Is the time when you are most fatigued. Um, and working night shifts, um, 
everybody's got a, an underwritten rule as to what goes on a night shift. It it doesn't affect your diet if you're on Slimming World or anything <laughs> else. You can eat a chocolate bar at two o'clock in the morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it, it's just it's negative. Obviously it, not for your body, but no, no, no. But yeah, you can. Everybody's got that dark rule for that one. Of course, yeah. You can just wake up as a normal person in the middle of the night and eat a chocolate bar, but yeah, you know, it's it's different, I guess. But but sometimes you know we need to have that. We need to have that pick me up. Um, in the morning mm-hmm. um, that brings your energy levels you know back up to where they should be yeah. um, and it, it's it is a bad thing to do and I'd really like to find um, I'd like to find a, a balanced diet for my five days at work yes and have something that I can eat throughout the five days that I can prepare in my days off and mm-hmm. I can turn up and Monday I've got this for breakfast um, and then this to snack during the day. Yeah. And as my shifts progress and become later, I've got this um, sort of energy sustaining, mm-hmm. you know, long, um, long lasting carbohydrates, etc. I think, you know, and you, um, you know, you just spoke about it a couple of times there as uh, preparation. Like, you know, I think that's an extremely important thing, not just, you know, in your job, but for anybody um, you know, anybody, even if you work nine to five in an office, you know, is, uh, you know, preparation is an extremely important, uh, part of eating. Um, if you want to eat healthily, because as we said, it's not, it's not an easy thing to do. Um, you know, it, it requires planning, um, you know, and, and, and it reflects in, in my work, you know, I cook for other people obviously, but without that prep that I do throughout the day, it makes my evening job very, very difficult. And, you know, I could just throw any old crap together and, you know, that preparation is so important and like you're saying you know spend you don't have to spend long you could spend you know an hour or so on your day off um cooking a few meals up portion them up keeping those uh chinese tubs from your takeaway that you only have now and then of course um but uh <laughs> you know putting them in those tubs and you know you can put them in your freezer in your fridge whatever you know enough stuff to last you a week you know just just one meal a week um you know and like you said uh, get some you know snacks make some snacks you know but you know at the very least take a piece of fruit you know, don't take a chocolate bar. Like, you know, there's just simple changes that people can make, you know, and I think it's just like saying it's so hard to do, especially when you work a job that's so, you know, demanding not only physically but mentally, you know, you kind of just want to sit back and have a chocolate bar and just go, oh. Yeah, and, and absolutely. And and that's what I've been trying to do. I've spent the last um, maybe year and a half really conscious about what I'm eating. Um, <laughs> and I try and, I live on my own, so I'm, I'm trying to plan that for, the entirety of my week mm. and, and preparation doesn't always go into what I'm eating at work but I'm also thinking about what I'm going to be eating after work yes as everybody is guilty of coming home after work and not being bothered with making dinner or cooking something so they have something very simple and you know like throwing a, a pizza in the oven yes uh, and then just eating that so I've really been trying to um even very basically when I buy lots of, say, vegetables, I'll pre-prepare them, you know, peppers, chop and slice them and then just keep them in freezer bags. So I am ready to have something or make a meal. Um, before work, I might just defrost a chicken breast. Um, and then when I get home, I can quickly cook that and then have that with some pre-prepared vegetables. Yeah. Um, but in addition, in my days off or... Um, before late shifts I've got that time before my shift from when you wake up at 
maybe it's, you know seven eight o'clock in the morning I might not start till one or two o'clock in the afternoon so I've got that time there where I can prepare things um, and I often sort of roast chickens um, have salads, maybe make jacket potatoes that I can then take to work in these yeah, absolutely. fruit Tupperwares. I think it's key, continue. what you're saying is it's making it um, making it simple um, and not making it too much of a task because then it just becomes, you know, effort and absolutely. something that you then just, you might keep up with it for a few days and then you just go, oh, I can't be bothered. Um, you know, so keeping it simple is, is, is important, I think. Absolutely. And I try and, um, I try and make that... Um, that sort of the, the preparation I do, I try and bring into part of my week. And instead of, you know, on my days off, I'm slaving around, um, spending all day in the kitchen, trying to work hard cooking for the days I'm at work. Um, I try and do that before I go to work. And that's the great thing about working shifts as well. Mm-hmm. Um, lots of people shift work. It's not for them doing shift work, but there's lots of people like myself. I absolutely love it. Being able to walk through the town centre on a Tuesday afternoon and you don't have to queue you don't have to spend time waiting (laughs) it's it's fantastic absolutely Um, absolutely and i use before my shifts as my time that i can work hard um, and prepare food and then that means when i get to the evening and weekends that you know the off chance i have a weekend off with my friends i can then spend it doing that yeah absolutely Yeah, yeah not the classic sunday night meal prep that everybody seems to be doing oh god yeah yeah um, I, I think that's before going to work you're completely right is that you know I, first of all it's no it's no mystery if you know if you know any of you know me and greg or and if you don't that we are not the most healthiest people ever you know we're banging on about healthy food but we you know we're not you know we're carrying and, the timber yeah yeah we are i mean we went for a walk today and pff, that hill wow i was certainly out of breath <laughs> let's say that but i mean you know that's the important thing you can't let these things take over you see a lot of um, people that you know, become sort of health freaks, as you call it, and it, it takes over their life, and it, you kind of, uh, I think that that can really affect you in a negative way. Um, you know, you've got to have these, um, you know, breaks. You, you know, it's okay to eat bad food now and then. It's just not eating it all the time is the key. And like you said, if you're making it simple, you're doing some preparation in your sort of around your work time, like before work or whatever, then you've still got all that free time on your days off to enjoy it and go out for a meal or, you know, et cetera. So I think, you know, it's really important to have that balance is what I'm trying to say. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I completely agree with that. I think just one other thing um, it'd be cool to touch on as well is um, there's something I always hear and like everyone hears it all the time uh, on TV um, it's all about talking about obesity and overweight and you know it's like a massive thing like oh my god so many more people are obese and overweight nowadays and it's like crazy I was, you know do you personally I don't think that I agree that that is a problem but like I just I can't see it like if you know what I mean but I think do you you know you go to a lot of people you know on jobs you get called out to a lot of people that obviously are having cardiac arrest or you know have a lot of health problems um you know would you say that like a large portion of those people are overweight is is it i I think absolutely um that we we see a lot of people that um maybe not so much overweight as a a singular put the put your finger on it but i'd say a poor lifestyle um is a key um element um and weight is part of having a poor lifestyle Mm -hmm. um and indeed you know, poor fatigue from not sleeping and, uh, you know, not actually eating the right things and nutrition. Um, people always say to me that I generally eat quite healthy things, 
Um, and I, you know, like most people that enjoy food, I, I prepare a lot of my own food myself. So I know what goes into it. Yes. Um, but they still say, well, I don't get why you're, you know, not skinny, but that is because of the quantity I eat. Yes, yes, uh, absolutely. Like all chefs, I mean, you know what they say, never trust a skinny chef. <laughs> no, absolutely. Um, so, yes. That's the only reason I have a belly, you know. Absolutely. That's the only reason, yeah. obviously. Yeah. Um, so, absolutely, you know, weight, um, you know, people eating high cholesterol, high sugar foods, the increase in diabetes um, yeah, absolutely. is is absurd. Um and you can always guarantee that people um, who are generally quite overweight, um, live a poor, unhealthy lifestyle, will develop these health problems um, over people who, you know, have a, quite a healthy lifestyle. Of course, yeah. Um, you know, the more weight you're carrying, the more blood that pumps around your body, meaning, you know, the more oxygen you need to intake to... Um, to, to oxygenate the blood and pump that round and everything then has to work that little bit more and you don't realize it until it's been a few years and you know mm-hmm. you see your friend you walk up a giant hill and you think <laughs> my word that's taken it out of us yes um but equal to that it's it's about your recovery time it's about the amount of time it takes for your heart to go from say 120 beats a minute when you've walked up a hill to that sort of 60 to 80 resting mm-hmm. um, pulse rate. Uh, and that's all about, you know, your health and your healthy lifestyle. So, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, it is. Nice. Well, I think, you know, this has been cool. We'll, we'll move on, I think, from the sort of talking about healthy food and stuff. I think it's really important. I think it is, you know, good that we talk about this on our um, on my podcast. But, um, you know, we want to talk about some more fun things as well. So, um, I've known... I've known Greg for a long time, and ever since I've known Greg, and if any of you else, any of any of you uh, know Greg as well, then um, you'll know that he's an absolute coffee fanatic. Um, he loves everything to do with coffee, and he is the person that got me into coffee. Um, I used to be a tea drinker, and now I think that's much more inferior than coffee. Um, so, uh, I mean, we kind of can tie this into your job as well. Is that uh, you know, Greg's the kind of guy, right? That I have pretty much don't think I've ever seen him drink instant coffee. If he has, it's because I've made it for him and he's given me that disapproval look. Um, so, you know, he's always the kind of guy who's got a cafetiere on the go or, you know, some cool weird gadget or some new kind of coffee or, you know, he's the coffee man. Um, so you know, I kind of want to know is like in your job, you obviously must drink quite a lot of coffee um, to keep you going. But how do you, uh, you know, maintain that your, you know, high quality level um so i am very picky um and usually my day starts um if i start say at six o'clock i generally get to work at about 20 to 6 um which means that the first thing i will always do oh, is put the kettle on uh, i'm very lucky at the ambulance station i work at uh, we have an espresso machine, so wow. um, I bring some pods in. Yeah, it was, uh, <laughs> it's it's great. Um, so I bring my my coffee pods in, uh, and I rather have an espresso or I make a pot of um, a pot of coffee in a cafetiere. Of course. Um, and it's very for me when I go to another ambulance station to work, which is quite often. We get moved around for different things. 
um, I get very anxious and I get anxious because if I don't know the ambulance station, I don't know whether they have a cafetiere or not. <laughs> it start, I, I really start to worry. Yes, yes. So <laughs> I've got a fantastic gadget. It is called an AeroPress. Uh, and a bit about the AeroPress. Uh, it's made by Aerobi, who makes some fantastic uh, sort of the, the play frisbees. That, yeah, the, oh, yeah, the of course. Of yeah, yeah, the rings. Yeah, seen, yeah. Yeah. Um, and they make something called an AeroPress, uh, which... Um, to try and think of it in your mind, it's a bit like a syringe in the way that it works. Well, that's amazing. Um, <laughs> it is. Uh, and uh, you turn it upside down, you fill it up with some coffee, pour your hot water in, um, and it's got a mixer. So you mix it around and then there's a filter on the top and then a grill, uh, like a grate or a grill. Um, and you then turn it upside down and place it over your cup uh, and then press it and it goes straight into your cup. Oh, um, and uh, it's absolutely fantastic. I showed Joe it this morning. You did indeed. Um, and uh, the coffee we're drinking now um, is not Joe's instant coffee, unfortunately. No, no. But it is uh, some AeroPress coffee. Mm. Um, I wouldn't say unfortunately, it's delicious. Excellent. Um, and another thing that I also have is something called a mini presso. Um, and this is one of my latest gadgets. So this is what we use today on our walk, right? That's true, yeah. Um, and it's effectively um, an espresso machine that you put hot water in the bottom. It's got a manual pump. And then uh, you can rather use an espresso pod or there's a different sort of cartridge for it where you can put your ground coffee in. Nice. And it produces an espresso anywhere, so long as you have some hot water. Um, and that is sat in my bag all the time. Amazing. Um, so today, obviously, you took that and you took a flask, like a thermos flask with yeah. hot water in. And we were sat like on a big cliff that was so windy and, you know, proper open to the elements. But we still managed to have a civilized uh, espresso, uh, you know, and it was amazing. Um, that So out of the two gadgets, um, I like to keep the pair of them with me um, or at least one of them, um, which means that when I can get to a hospital... Um, you know, there's always a kettle in a hospital, so I can fill <laughs> that up and make it. Uh, and especially at three o'clock in the morning when all the nurses, well, mm-hmm. so we used to sit and drink coffee um, and tea and, you know, chat about our days. Um, I'd certainly be the guy with the weird contraption in the corner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, other than that, uh, you get to lots of people's houses and they sort of say to you, would you like a cup of tea or coffee? Mm. Um, usually the... The frown I give them when they suggest tea. Of course. Um, but it, as, as awful as it sounds, I like to inspect people's kitchens as I walk through <laughs> before I get to the emergency. You've, wow. you've got to know you got to know what they're getting. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. You've got to know what they're packing before you... Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Um, but it's actually, it's, it's fairly rare that I drink coffee in someone's house, mm-hmm. um, purely because I don't like to offend people. I mean, I, I know I know, like coffee is so important to you, but are, the, are biscuits important to you as well? Uh, I think they kind of go hand in hand, really. Well, that's what I'm thinking. You know? It's like, it's pointless having a kettle if you don't have mugs. <laughs> yeah, so, true. you know, do you really say to someone, would you like a cup of coffee and a biscuit? It's it's a standard thing. It is. Um, do and, you have a favourite biscuit? Uh, it's I a mean, hard decision, I know. It is a very hard decision. And my favourite biscuit... I think at the moment is a chocolate hobnob. Oh, 
Um, it's a robust biscuit. It is a robust biscuit. And, you know, we've all heard the Peter Kay sketch. Of course. The king of biscuits, dip me again, dip me again. Um, <laughs> but equal to that, I'm a really big fan of um, going somewhere uh, that's like a bakery or a cake shop, um, obviously. Um, <laughs> yeah. or, or a nice little coffee shop. There's a great one um, near where I work. Uh, and it's near what we call all our standby points where we wait for... Mm-hmm. instances as well strategically placed around the county um and uh, they do some absolutely fantastic millionaire shortbread um, oh. and just shortbread with chocolate chips um mm. and for me that is something i don't think have. you can be a homemade shortbread no like, there's something just so good about that yeah yeah that's that's the king i think that's that's where the dreams mm. made without a doubt without a doubt and you're you're a big you know, talking biscuits and then kind of leads on nicely to cakes. You're a big cake fan. You know, you, I've seen you do a lot of baking a lot. I mean, so Greg it lives, you know, well, say three hour drive away from me. About so, you know, that, we yeah. don't see each other very often. So, um, but you know, I follow you online when we follow each other and, you know, I see quite often you're making cakes, like, especially for the, uh, for the station, um, and things like that. And, you know, I, I do like a bake. Um, <laughs> and I think, um, you know, we all hear about, bad things that happen um you know we, we we see it now all online when something horrific happens in your local town um or you know we go to horrific incidences and sometimes um the way of dealing with that is we all sit down together um when we're all available and we sit and drink coffee and usually if you have a bad job um it's it's great to just you know take a cake into work and the next couple of days you can turn up and when you sat down with some people everybody everybody wants to sit down and have a bit of cake and they chat to you and you know it's our way of managing things and it's our way mm-hmm. of relieving the stress i mean let's face it cake makes everything better it, it absolutely <laughs> does um and it's, it's an item of food for all occasions absolutely and i've been known to make you know a cake for the ambulance station and a cake for the hospital and mm-hmm. um it does make it better and in our job we we see more days that need making better than most people <laughs> so that means that my bakery skills um really get put to test of course um, we've got a few people on on my station that enjoy baking too and i've, I've got some real strong competition mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um one of my favorite things to bake at the moment is actually flapjack mm. um just something that as sort of you know infant school i remember the day when flapjack was kind of on the side and yes you know you'd finish your your dinner and you'd have a bit of flapjack and it was like the best thing ever it was the most (laughs) heavily voted when you know what do you want for christmas dinner pudding absolutely Um, it'd be flapjack oh Um, yeah i do love a good sticky flapjack yeah you know and it's funny you say that about school i always remember in in secondary school is that i'd always have to you know i always took a packed lunch my mum made me a packed lunch or maybe it was my dad i'd actually know it was one of them but um you know i'd always eat that and then there was a like a school tuck shop kind of thing and they had these just most amazing flapjacks like they probably were so unhealthy, I, I you know I don't know, but they were just so good. I don't know what it was about them, but they just always stick in my head. And like my mum, as you know, is a very you know avid, she's a chef as well, and you know she she's very good at baking. But like for some reason, these flapjacks at school were just so good. I don't I don't know why, but uh, yeah, I am a big fan of flapjack for sure. Yeah, the um, I think my school day 
favourite cake was the tray bake of sponge with the pink icing with Thousand <laughs> Islands on the top. Oh my God. Um, and several months ago, uh, I went to uh, the school I went to um, for an incident and it was um, it was around the kitchen area um, and I could see <laughs> these cakes been made. And it took you back. Uh, yeah, and it was it was heavily distracting, put it yeah, that way. I'm sure. Um, and I went back home uh, and I I tried to bake, you know, just that. But unfortunately, <laughs> whenever you try and make something taste like something else, oh, it doesn't. Uh, it, it doesn't work. No, it doesn't. And all I actually replicated was a piece of sponge that had some <laughs> pink icing on the top with Thousand Islands on it. And <laughs> I, I'm not even sure what it was. It it was not what I not what I planned in my head. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Devastation. Indeed. Well. Thank you, Greg. It's been lovely having you on today. I think Thank we'll, you very we'll much. sort of wrap that up. And, Definitely um, enjoyed it. Yeah, it's been cool talking about all sorts of things and learning more about you and about you know, being paramedics. So, you know, hopefully in the um, you know in the not too distant future, we'll get a few different special guests on every few episodes, and um, and yeah, we can pick their brains as well. But yeah, cool. Thank you, Greg. Thank uh, you very much. This has been another episode of Thinking About Food, and uh, see you again, friends. Goodbye. <laughs>